0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Goodbye, University.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in for our second module of the Customize Your Manifesting Practice course here at GVU. I'm Jeanette Ma, the Good Vibe Coach, and I want to thank you for engaging this material because I really think this has the potential to significantly change your relationship with Law of Attraction and your identity as a conscious creator. So thanks for listening. And I hope you had fun with, maybe learned some cool things about yourself in the homework from the first module. If you haven't done that yet, you might want to hold off on this installment until you do, because I think there's really helpful information from that first homework that will come in handy for what we're doing here today. Before we dive into today's work, I wanted to suggest two things. First of all, I think it's helpful to get dialed in on your success, right, to see your end results in mind first, before we go through today's material, because that's going to help you better hear what rings your bell of success. You know, that's true for anything. Anytime we're looking at the problem or what we don't want, it's so much harder to hear helpful information than it is when we're focused on what we want. So even if it's just a really general idea of yourself as a master manifester or someone who's really good at using conscious creation... Tune into whatever your idea of success looks like because that's going to help you better hear what serves you in this content, in this recording. And second, I wanted to suggest that your best manifesting plan, it may be different for each thing that you're manifesting. (laughs) It might not be the same thing every time. Uh, I, for example, have a different approach on manifesting treasure hunt items than I do when it comes to creating things in my business or my body. So it's worth noting that you might have a couple of different best manifesting plans, if you know what I mean. So just be open to that. All right, I wanted to start by talking about the elements of our manifesting practice or our plan. I was thinking of five things. There might be more than this, but the ones that came to mind for me were five things. The first one, what it is, you know, whether it's what tool we're using, whether it's um, visualizing or affirming, acting as if, or just, you know, loving your life, engaging appreciation. I think that's the first element, what our alignment method is. Second element of our practice, I think, is how often we engage it right? Because it could be something we just do once and never again, the set it and forget it type routine, or it might be something we do throughout the day. So uh, the frequency, I think, is another element. And then the third one I've got listed here is when you engage it. Because as I'm looking at everyone's different plans that they use, that's a very common one. Like, they have a, very often, a specific that they engage it either first thing in the morning or last thing at night or like me one of my practices was like whenever I would hear the gremlin say oh this isn't gonna work that contrast that negative thought would be my trigger that would be my cue to engage my manifesting practice so when you engage it is another element of our practice and the fourth one is how long we engage it for right like is it 17 seconds of pure positive thought or like Mike Dooley, four minutes of visualizing <laughs> or like um, Joe Dispenza. He tells a story in his book, you are the placebo about how he healed himself from that spinal injury where the doctors told him he'd never walk again within nine, nine and a half weeks. I, I believe he was walking again, but he did it with, it was two hours twice a day that he was, engaging his practice so 2 hours and boy and I thought lisa was doing it with overkill she did hers it was 30 minutes and she did it twice a day she had three different things she did 10 minutes of each one and she did that twice a day i heard that and i thought that was a lot here's joe doing 2 hours but you know what that guy's healing himself from a spinal injury right so anyway how long we engage it i think is another factor and the fifth one that i thought of and this comes from conversations i've had with many of you about how you've shared your biggest challenge in your manifesting practice, is remembering to use it, right? So I've got the fifth element here as what's our cue to engage it? What reminder do we have for ourselves to pick it up and play with it? So if those are the elements that make up our practice, then I thought that what that leads us to next in determining what our best practice is, is four different things. Okay, um, that's your belief level, your charge level, your... Oh, I have five things here. Your response to structure or discipline, your preference for changing it up, like whether you need a variety or whether sticking with one thing works best. And then um, your style preference, like for the tool, whether you like to see it, think it, write it, speak it, be it, or something else. I'll talk more about those individually, but the first two, belief level and charge level, those are associated with the thing that you're manifesting, right? That's going to change based on whatever your desired target is that you're creating. And the other three things... You know how well you do with structure or discipline, whether you need to wing it or or whatever, um, and your preference for variety and your style. That's that's personal to you. That may not change with the different thing, the project that you're manifesting. But I think these are the five things we want to consider in order to develop our custom manifesting plan. So let's go through each of those in just a little bit of more detail, starting with your belief level. I think this is a big one. (laughs) This has got to be the biggest factor for me in determining what my manifesting plan is going to be. Because if it's something that I totally believe is pretty easy, doesn't need a lot of work, then like, remember when I was manifesting? I I was going on a date. It was my second date after I had that horrible first date. It was my first online date. It was such a nightmare. I wasn't going to do it anymore. And then um, the cute guy online, he said, after I Got online. I said, "Ah, oh, you guys, I'm. I just I went on my first date. I'm never doing this again. It was terrible." And one guy said, "Get back on that horse, kind woman." And it made me laugh so much. And and I thought, I I did. I got more hopeful about it because I remembered, ah, oh, I'm a law of attraction coach, and I didn't bring law of attraction to my date. Hello. So I went on the second date, and even though I had that bad first experience, on the second one, it wasn't until I was driving there that I was like. Okay, what do I want to experience? And I imagined, my my cheeks hurt from laughing so much. I imagined, oh, he's hot. Mutual, strong, mutual physical attraction. Great rapport. Like I just imagined oh, that it's clear we want to see each other again. All the things, I just imagined it while I was driving. Okay, I, that's because my belief level around it was still, despite my previous past experience, was still pretty good. It It wasn't really bad. But if we're engaging something, like I'm thinking about, On the scale of 1 to 5, if our belief level is strong, like in 4 or 5 territory, I think that, uh, you know, we could get away with something like an easy, wouldn't it be nice if, or a set it and forget it routine, just set an intention, either write it down or think it and let it go. That's how I pretty much do the treasure hunt, right? Because I don't have a huge limiting belief about manifesting pink shoes or whatever it is on our treasure hunt list. But for something that, anything that's a three or lower, I'm probably going to need some regular, consistent tuning in to train my vibration to a new place. Because if, if I'm in the lower territory on that scale, I'm way off of, a, of alignment. And in order to get aligned, I'm going to have to work it. So the belief factor is something that plays a big part for me in what my manifesting plan is going to be. And that can come from a couple of different things like the fresh factor, is this an old desire or a brand new one? If it's an old one that I've been working on a while, the belief gets, it's it's a little harder, it's a little harder to expect that thing's going to be here, right? Because past experience is telling us it's kind of hard. So the fresh factor on the desire, that plays into my belief level. Also, my past experience with it. You know, if this is something I've done many times before, then I don't need a lot of work around it. But if this is something I've never done, I'm not even sure if I can do, that's going to thats thats going to alter where I land on the belief scale. Also, other people's experience. If there are other people doing this left and right, that makes it easier for me to believe that I could too. Remember that fabulous story of the guy who's taking his kid to learn how to swim and the dad's in the water and he's got his kid standing at the edge of the pool and he's outfitted with the goggles and he's wearing the swim fins or the tubes what i don't know what you call it i mean the kid's totally outfitted for uh, jumping in the water but he's not having it <laughs> dad cannot coax that guy to jump in if his life depended on it so uh, after the kid's been standing there for several minutes up comes running another kid about his age he comes running up right next to him he turns and he looks at him the kid who's outfitted and not going anywhere. And then he, he looks straight ahead and he jumps right in the water. Like he doesn't miss a beat. He just jumps right in. And that's all it took for the other kid to do it too. As soon as his, his friend jumped in, I'm not saying they were friends, he just but you're friends, after you see someone else do it, you got a connection. It's like, oh, that's how it works. <laughs> right? So sometimes other people's past experience can affect our belief level too, because if they're making it look easy, it can help us expect we can have the same experience and if they're making it look hard it can help us expect we're gonna have the same experience so I think others experience comes into play as well as our own past experience on our belief level and also whatever any sort of training or programming we've had like if we've been taught that I'm thinking of how in marketing they teach you oh the old rule used to be like seven contacts you have to have a person has to have a potential customer has to have seven exposures to something before they make a buying decision okay you could look at that as either a i was thinking limiting belief but frankly it could also be an empowering one if someone thinks look all i got to do is get in front of them seven times before they're going to be you know trust me enough to spend some money with me sometimes we get trained into stuff stuff like that i'm thinking in coach training how they taught us most of you will fail (laughs) the few of you who are lucky enough to build a full-time practice are not likely to make more than 30 grand a year so don't quit your day job if you need (laughs) to make more than that sometimes uh, our training or programming has a lot to do with what our belief level is as well. So there are a variety of things that come into play on that, but I think that's one of the things we want to consider as we're putting together those components of our manifesting practice. The next one is uh, our charge level. Okay, and, and this... In a way, I was thinking, well, this is also directly related to our belief level, but I've got it separated because it felt better to talk about it separately. So I'm talking about how big a deal it is to you, right? Like how important it is. If you've got any attachment flowing or if you need this thing to manifest. Like, you know, (laughs) treasure hunt. Okay, it seems like treasure hunts isn't much of a big deal. I did make it a big deal because I started to get kind of frustrated that I wasn't ever winning one. (laughs) Uh, It's not helpful because when you make something a big deal... That is, that's, uh, you're putting a charge on it. Okay, now, I want to make a distinction here. There's something really empowering about having strong desire. Strong desire is very cool. That's fabulous energy to be going into your creation. But when we make it important, when it feels like it matters a lot... Okay, can you just feel like a person's hand starting to get starting to get graspy around it, like closing in on it, like we're going to strangle it because we got to have it? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not helpful. So if we have a high charge on this thing, because it's a big deal for whatever reason, whatever stories we're telling ourselves to make it a big hairy deal, that's also going to come into play in what we decide for our manifesting practice to be. And that could look, that can go both ways. Sometimes if I have a huge charge on something, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pretend this isn't this big a deal because I've been working too hard on this thing and and I'm making it a big deal and that's not helping. So I'm just going to do the set it and forget it routine. Or sometimes it's recognizing, okay, I got a ton of attachment here. I'm going to have to be really conscious and deliberate about unhooking from that. So I just think it's it's smart of us, to be honest, about whether we've got that kind of healthy energy flowing or not for this as we're deciding what our best manifesting practice is going to be. All right, so those are the the two elements that I think are directly associated with what we're creating. These next three are just about you in general. the The first one I wanted to cover was whether you do well with structure or discipline, or whether you tend to rebel against that stuff. <laughs> Some people, like, look, if you don't have a, a system, if you don't commit to a plan, you don't do it, all right? So you're a person who does better with making a promise that you're going to engage something, that you're going to be accountable to a plan. And others, they just repel from that. Like, first, as soon as you make a rule about what you're going to do, you're breaking it, your very first chance. You want to find your sweet spot, in this so that you're, you're honoring who you are. You're not asking yourself to do something that isn't going to work for you, but you're structuring it in favor of your, your personality. So I've noticed for myself, this is something that also this affects what my plan is going to be. Like when Lisa, she had, look, she with the girl was rocking it out. She was manifesting, um, new students at our coach training business left and right she i mean they were she had said she wanted to do like one new student a week she was getting like one a day and i felt like oh i should probably help her here she is manifesting all by herself let me help and um, so i asked her what how are you doing it and she told me her plan it was twice a day she was doing um this routine it was 30 minutes each time it was 10 minutes of like eft 10 minutes of a visualization and 10 minutes of affirmations. I might have that wrong, but I think that's what it was. She would do that in the morning and she would do it at night. In fact, her husband was joining her in it at night, I believe. And so I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll do it too. And, um, oh my gosh, you guys, that was not cool for me. <laughs> it was so not cool for me. That was way more work than i felt good about but it she, it was fabulous for her i've noticed she does really well with a lot of structure and a lot of discipline and a lot of time engagement it, she can rock her world when she turns out on for me i get the opposite results so we got we want to know ourselves really well um i also the other element i wanted to talk about was yeah whether you do well with variety or building up the power by continuing the same practice over and over and over. You know how they talk about with meditation? Like they'll tell you, do it in the same room, do it at the same time, do it in the same chair or whatever, because you, you're conditioning yourself. So you, you get more power out of it each time you do it. Okay, Some people have that experience with their manifesting practice that when they commit, when they master one tool... Ooh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> That's funny, because this thing... I, I, I think of myself on the other end of this spectrum. But uh, but some people do really well just getting one tool mastered. I, on the other hand, good Lord, I wrote, literally wrote the book. <laughs> I didn't make it up, but I did write the book on prayer and journaling. It sounds funny to say it like that. I wrote the way I learned it, a page a day about what you want. Uh, every day until you get the end your book, and then you 'll have it, or it 'll be so close you can reach out and touch it, so the rule was every day, and I was following the rules because that 's what they said to do Okay remember when i my very first experience with it I wrote what my very first page that I ever wrote it manifested within like an hour and a half or two hours, two hours if you count the lunch time. Uh, remember it was when I was in in corporate world I know you 've all heard the story i won 't repeat it but uh Oh, it was so magic for me to do it that one time. So magic. And then, um, in my future projects, what I noticed was that after like two weeks of n- nightly entries, I it started to be like homework. It did. It was it, like, and I I didn't know as much then as I know now. Back when I was just doing it, because that's the rule: page a day about what you want, as if you already had it. I was following the rule, but... Um, wow, that is such a weird bruise on the back of my head. I keep touching my head back there. <laughs> um, it's so weird. Okay. Sometimes I think aliens take me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm in the goofiest mood today. Uh, what am I trying to say? Oh my good lord. I needed variety. I needed variety. Here's what I have learned. It doesn't matter what tool I'm using to manage my vibration. It only matters that I find a way to manage my vibration on a regular basis. But I could do prayer Rain Journaling one night. I could do uh, 17 seconds of pure positive thought the next night. I could do uh, visualization the next night. I, I will say this. I think there was something really empowering about the promise of by the time you get to interview your a book, you're going to have it. Like it built up a positive expectation for some people. They have the opposite result when they hear that. They're like, Oh, so when is that going to be? They'll count the pages. Oh, so by like two months, I should, this should be here. Oh my God, how's that going to work? Like some people, it has the exact opposite effect. It's so important for us to know ourselves. You know what I really wanted to do in this module, you guys, why this took so long to create is because I wanted to create like a worksheet, a worksheet or a flowchart where you just answer the questions. And at the very end, it would have, this is how it's going to be for you. We're so different. We're and Even the different projects that we have, it's just so different that I thought, you know, I'm going to serve you better by just asking you to tune into what feels better, which is why we started this thing off by tuning into success. So you're going to hear what rings your bells and and get to know yourself really well about what your best practice is. But um, great. Now I forgot what I was saying. Yeah. Okay. So for me, variety, important, really, really important. Uh, I what. The only rule I ask of myself is that I start every day with some sort of alignment. I do not care how I get there. And I know other people are the exact opposite. Like they just it just feels so random and unfocused when they're playing with a different process every day. We're each different, isn't that cool? <laughs> so whether you do best with a variety of things or whether it's one thing that you're going to f- find your power sweet spot with, I want you to know this about yourself whether what your preference is for variety or sticking with the tool. And then the last thing I wanted to cover with you was uh, our preference for the tools. You know how some people do really well with pictures and uh, others, like me, I'm raising my hand, I do so much better with words. I Look, I can engage, I can rock a visualization, there's no doubt about it, but words, whether I'm speaking it, reading it, or writing it, uh, nothing can hold a candle to when i engage the words so when we understand or when we know ourselves and i think sometimes we have to experiment that's where i was asking you to look at your homework from the first modules to help reveal this to you that um we might have an area where we naturally get juicier with right like we just we can get to a, a more aligned place with a certain type of tool versus another. If that's true for you, please be aware of that, because that's going to come into play as you create your custom manifesting plan. So, all right, with that in mind, let's run through an example. Let me think if there's anything else I wanted to talk about. I think I covered everything that I wanted to... So, say for example, we'll use the example of someone who wanted to manifest financial freedom, just because that's always a popular topic. So, what I would like you to do first is consider, on the belief scale of 1 to 5, where you're at in believing that financial freedom is possible for you. You know what, replace whatever your desire is. We're not all going to be manifesting money. So, whatever it is that you want, look at it on the belief scale, and then look at it on the charge scale. Like how important. how it, like For example, if someone is looking to manifest the money because his kids are going to be on the street if he doesn't figure this out. That's a bigger deal than to someone who's already got a ton of money and he's just doing it for fun to see if he can. Right? You can feel a different... You see what I mean when I say charge? Like really important to one and just kind of a fun, just doing it as a kick. Different energy. Um, so... Depending on where you fall on the belief scale, that's going to inform how you answer the questions to all right, what you're doing, how often you engage it, when you engage it, how long, and what your cue is to engage it. So, maybe, I don't know if going through an example is the best way to do this, but I do. Actually, I already did cover a couple that I thought were helpful examples, like Joe Dispenza. Here he is on the hospital. The doctor's telling him he's never going to walk again, basically. And he had a wicked accident. It was a really wicked one. I mean, really easy to believe the doctors when they say that. He might have even gotten a second opinion who said the same thing. But uh, no one was supporting his belief that it was going to be different. He was like, he was running this one solo. Okay, I would imagine for him, that's why he came up with a practice that involved two hours twice a day, first of all, what else is he going to do? Like he's literally held captive in his hospital bed. I think he did finally go home. He didn't stay at the hospital because he wasn't going to go through the protocol they wanted to do. He was going to do it. He knew his powers to create his reality. So what he did, let me see if I could find it. I think I might have marked this up. So ooh, I was on a mission. That's what he said. I was on a mission. Against the advice of my medical team, I left the hospital in an ambulance that brought me to the home of two close friends where I stayed for the next three months to focus on my healing. I was on a mission. I've got goosebumps. I'm a little emotional. I decided that I would begin every day reconstructing my spine vertebra by vertebra and I would show this consciousness if it was paying attention to my efforts. He's talking about the observer effect, about how observers affect our consciousness, affects things, He said, I would show it, um, if it was paying attention to my efforts, what I wanted. And he talks about how he did it. So for two hours twice a day, I went within and began creating a picture of my intended result, a totally healed spine. And he said, of course, he immediately became aware of how unfocused he was. Like, he'd find himself thinking about... uh, Suddenly becoming aware that I'd been unconsciously thinking about what the surgeons had told me a few weeks prior, that I would probably never walk again. I would be in the midst of inwardly reconstructing my spine, and the next thing I knew I was stressing over whether I should sell my, my chiropractic practice. Um, While I was step-by-step mentally rehearsing walking again, I would catch myself imagining what it would be like to live the rest of my life sitting in a wheelchair. You get the idea. So he says, every time I lost my attention and my mind wandered to any extraneous thoughts, I would start from the beginning and do the whole scheme of imagery over again. It was tedious, frustrating, and quite frankly, one of the most difficult things I'd ever done. That's commitment, guys. That's commitment. And then he says, Finally, after six weeks of battling with myself and making the effort to be present with this consciousness, I was able to make it through my inward reconstruction process without having to stop and start over from the beginning. I remember the day I did it for the first time, it was like hitting a tennis ball on the sweet spot. There was something right about it. It, it clicked. I clicked. And then uh, I wonder if I could, I think he said like, At 9... And a half weeks after the accident, I got up and walked back into my life without having any body cast or any surgeries. I had reached full recovery. How freaking cool. Two hours twice a day, though. Hey, that was his best plan. <laughs> yeah, and you could see, based on, you know, the belief in the charge, uh, why he would engage it like that. Okay, so if I tried to do the manifesting, the treasure hunt like that, can you imagine if I was doing two hours twice a day on that treasure hunt? That feels like overkill. I don't think that would work very well. See how I'm feeling it out for me? See see how something calls me and something doesn't call me? That's what I want you to start to listen for your own self, right? So that you can make really conscious commitments to yourself about what's going to serve you best in creating what you want. Uh, I wanted to share a little bit about our cues. Yeah, the things that can help us remember to practice. First of all, if we just set an intention, let's just get ourselves pointed in the right direction, right? Instead of telling the story, oh my God, yeah, I always forget to. I mean to, but I always forget to. I never get a, never remember until it's too late. Okay, let's not tell that story anymore. Let's start with an intention that we're really good at engaging whatever our practice is. Okay? Let's give ourselves that advantage. And then we might be inspired to do something like... I know when I was having a practice of self-love, I put a sticky note on the mirror that said, who do you love? And made me smile every time I read it. Who do you love? <laughs> I'd be looking right at myself as I read this little sticky note, right? It's so cute. And it would remind me, oh, self-love in the mirror, eye to eye. This is what I'm doing every night before I go to bed. Uh, I'm a fan of sticky notes as reminders. Many of you who use devices, I am not one, but like if you set a timer or have an alarm, that can be a cool thing. Um, there's there's those programs where you can send yourself timed emails, so like whether you did it daily or or once a week or whatever, you could use something like that as an external cue to remind you to do your thing. I'm a big fan of using something that you wear, whether it's a new piece of jewelry or or even just, you know, a a band around your wrist, or something that's unusual that every time you notice it, it reminds you, oh yeah, that's right, this is to remind me, da-da-da-da-da. That can be helpful. Hello, another powerful one is having a manifesting buddy like someone who, to help you be accountable with. I'm thinking about how many people experience that with their coach sessions. You know what makes a lot of people good manifestors? They hire an LOA coach because they, every, you're paying for it. So every time it's time for your session, you're like, oh, I don't want to show up and say I hadn't done anything. So it kind of reminds you to do your thing. So whether you have a buddy or a coach, that can be a helpful thing too. Um, but I think starting with an intention is going to be a really good thing because we don't forget it too many times before we start to remember. I've At least I've noticed that for my own self. So I'd like to invite you to pay attention to... I, I like the words Joe used, the sweet spot, to recognize when we're overworking it and when we're not working it enough. In fact, it reminds me of Adam on The Voice. The other night he was working with two of his people. They were doing the battle round. And he oh yeah they were both fabulous and the one girl he asked her how often do you train and she oh I think she might be my favorite girl on the competition I don't know her name but oh I really like her and she was so sheepish in her answer she was like uh I don't train you know what Adam knew that (laughs) he knew that when he when he asked the question because he said you have you need to start training and then to the other girl, he said, you have the exact opposite problem. <laughs> she's She's been training since she was five years old. He's like, you are so technically expert at this, that we're not, your personality isn't coming through. I want to know who you are. I want to hear you. So her homework was to let her personality show. I thought that was so interesting that he could spot how here's someone who's not working it enough and here's someone who's overworking it, right? We want to have that same kind of sense. Just like, look, two hours twice a day on, on the treasure hunt list would be overkill. Two hours twice a day, if I was doing something important, like restructuring my spine, that could be appropriate feel it out for yourself, right? Um, Abraham tells us that it takes effort to change our vibration. That law of attraction is just going to bring more of what is. So if we don't change wherever we're dialed, it's going to be more of the same forever. And to change it does take effort. I I I had I like that Joe was talking about how it was frustrating. How Has anyone tried doing 17 seconds of pure positive thought before? Like timing it for real? Because... The first time I tried it, I couldn't eat. Getting to eight seconds was like, Oh, I made it to eight. Hey, those negative, those contrary thoughts come in really fast when you haven't been practicing the positive ones. And now I can do 68 seconds, no problem. Without even trying, I can get a minute and change, no problem. But it came from practice, right? So when Abraham talks about how, you know, there, this, this whole... This whole practice of managing our vibration, it does take some effort. And it doesn't mean it has to be hard work. We don't want to suffer this. We're not trying to do something that's hard, but it does take effort. So I guess what I would like for you to do next is to start putting together, based on what we talked about here today, you know, the, the elements that make up a practice, what it is, you know, what tool you're using, Oh, you know what was a great thing for that? Oh, I didn't even go over those in detail. Go to, at the blog, or just Google, the periodic table of manifesting. And um, I hope I still have it up. Oh, yeah. This is so cool. Because, like, if you (laughs) have... I made this. Look how cool it is. I just love this thing. Uh, Nancy helped with it. Okay, so, like... If you, if you tend to do better with, with visual things, the, the brighter blue box will tell you what you, what different things you might be like three answers to three questions. It's one of my favorite ways to visualize some people, they love a vision board. I still haven't even done it on Pinterest and I love Pinterest. I keep thinking I will one day mind movie. That's another thing. When I see someone else's mind movie, I'm like, Oh, so cool. But I've never made one because I'm all about the words. Anyway. They're, this is color coded, so like, say, you're better off when you're just thinking something. You just want to do something in your head. That's the lavender. So there are the different tools that are associated with that. They'll be there on the periodic table of manifesting. If you go to Good blog and search for it, or just Google it, you'll find it. Um, but you guys know this stuff. Most of you know the different tools to play with. But there might be some you're not thinking of. So it might be cool to look at. This chart, or we also have at Good Vibe University, I have a manifesting checklist that's like a longer list of all the different things we could be playing with. So that one's kind of cool too. But, okay, I was talking about the elements. I want you to be thinking about what your your process is going to be, what your tool is. And then how often you engage it, when you engage it. For many of us, this is what makes it easier to remember to do it every day. I don't get out of bed until I've done some sort of alignment practice. Uh, And then the next one is how long you engage it. Remember Mike Dooley? He does four minutes of visualizing. That's it. He says, don't do any more than, don't even try to do more than 10. I like that he just does one minute. But remember, Abraham, if you can make it pure positive thought, 17 seconds, that's powerful. If you can get to 68 seconds, that's even better. But it doesn't have to be a long time. Then there's Joe Dispenza showing us how it's done. <laughs> so that's another thing to consider. And then uh, it puts some sort of cue in place to remind you to engage it, whether it's a sticky note or whatever is going to work for you. All right, and with those things in mind, depending on what your belief level is about your desire and how important it is to you, um, in fact, one of our, I wonder if part of our practice, if you had a big charge on something, you might want to incorporate in your practice, this is why Lisa was using EFT, something to unhook from attachment, okay, or fear, or whatever else might be flowing that's kinking the vibes. So keep in mind your charge level as well as what works better for you, the variety or sticking with one thing um, and all the other things we talked about here. I'm really asking you to trust your inner guidance, to let that lead the way towards creating the plan that's going to work best for you. Okay, while you're doing that, uh, I'm going to be putting together the things to evaluate our plan. Our next module is going to be how to know whether it's working or not, the tweaks to make, when to make them, um, when to know whether it's serving or not, and that sort of thing. So um, have fun with this one, though, and I will see you in the next module.
0: Bye, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy.